Welcome to the Nature Connection podcast, dear listener. This podcast is for the wild people of Earth yearning to come home to nature and to themselves. In this podcast, we'll explore ways in which nature and ancient Earth skills can enrich modern life and how it can support our well-being and the regeneration of our planet. I am your host, Sanne Giesen, a Nature Connection ghost, herbalist and regenerative leadership guide with a background in psychology. With this podcast and my business, The Wild Roots Guide, I hope to support you on your journey to build resilience through deep nature connection and coming home to yourself and the more than human world. Welcome back to the Nature Connection podcast. I am really excited for today's episode. In today's episode, we welcome in Kara Swanson. And Kara is an herbalist and integrative nutritionist. And we will talk about the wonderful world of herbs. We will talk about nutrition and our connection with the land and how these all are tied in together. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Kara. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm really excited for our talk and to dive into all the goodness you're all about. But before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your work and what inspired you to become a bioregional herbalist and integrative nutritionist? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Such an honor. Um, so like you said, my name is Kara Swenson. I am located in southeast Minnesota of the United States, which I've actually lived here my entire life. I grew up on a small hobby farm outside of a super small town, and I really believe that influenced my path a lot. My dad and I share a lot of values, so I think a lot of what my dad raised me up with and taught me really influenced kind of the path that I took. Um, I'll get a little bit more into kind of my story here in a second, but as far as what I do, I am an integrative nutritionist, like you said, and a bioregional herbalist. So I work with folks one-on-one -on -one in herbal consultations, which I include nutrition into dietary changes, that sort of thing, as well as any lifestyle. So it's pretty holistic. I like to bring in all the different components of the person and really just help them. Um, I also teach classes, so I touch on the topics of herbs and nutrition, just generally kind of natural health related topics. And I also lead plant walks in the, the warmer season. So uh, I like to teach people about the plants, introduce them to the plants, show them who they are. Um, and that's a lot of fun. I really enjoy doing those. As far as what brought me into what I'm doing, it's kind of a long story, but I will try and keep it short. Um, but like a lot of people, my story began with my own health journey. So I was actually diagnosed with anorexia and major depression when I was in the ninth grade in high school. And just based off of the knowledge and the resources that my parents had, I ended up going Western medicine even though I remember sitting in the hospital bed because I ended up doing an inpatient program and I was just thinking, I was like, what did they do back in the day? Like <laughs> they didn't have, they didn't have these big hospitals. They didn't have this technology and all of those things. And of course it's much more complicated than that. But at that point in time, I just knew that there had to be kind of a better way or a different way of healing. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind that was just like really deeply ingrained in me. It, it was just there and I couldn't explain why. Um, so after I went through the Western 
medicine program or the system, I guess, I ended up working with some integrative nutritionists because um, I actually lost my menstrual cycle for six years uh, just due to the anorexia. So that was sort of my mission. I knew even even though many people at that age were like, oh, that's great. I don't have a cycle, but I knew that I needed it. I knew that was crucial for my health. So I worked with some practitioners, some nutritionists, and I actually got my cycle back by working with nutritionists. So that just even more solidified my belief in alternative or natural healing and nutrition itself. So that was a big part of my journey. I went on to study nutrition because of that interest, and I just really believed in it. And while I studied, I because I ended up going into an integrative nutrition program. So that's how I became an integrative nutritionist. And in conjunction to those studies, I also trained in applied kinesiology, which is like muscle testing, if you know that. Um, it's becoming more and more known, which is nice. So once I went through that training, I actually was able to start practicing as a nutritionist. So I practiced as a nutrition response testing practitioner for about five years. And it was during that time where herbalism really made a kind of a big um, impact on me then. I went through kind of a second healing journey where I had some trauma memories come back that were repressed for most of my life. Um, and the herbs really came in at that point and really just brought me even more into nature than I already was. <laughs> and I ended up doing an apprenticeship with a with an herbalist here in Minnesota, Lise Wolf. She's great. Um, super grateful for all of the knowledge that she's passed on and all, everything that she does. So um, yeah, that that's a long story, but that just summarizes sort of how I went through nutrition and then it just flowed right into working with herbs and just being in nature even more, just kind of through my own journey, my own health journey. Thank you so much for sharing your personal story with us and listening to your story. Well, it feels as if your own experiences led you to like a holistic view of like wondering, is is this how it's supposed to be or are there different ways? And I know I've, I've said this before in previous episodes, uh, podcast episodes as well, but it's really interesting how our biggest hardships can really help us to step into the medicine we're here to to offer to the to the world so really grateful for you overcoming those obstacles which sound really hard and see you flourishing right now makes me happy and also I think we need more people who are approaching nutrition and health in general in a more holistic way I was wondering if you could share a little bit more about because you shared about the plant walks and finding like going through um, almost like a second round of healing with herbal medicine. I really wonder how you view herbal medicine in the context of nature connection. How does connecting to local plants and herbs foster this connection to the land and the natural world? So the way I view herbs and the way I view nature is they're inseparable. So the plants and the herbs, which one and the same, uh, they're a part of nature. So the plants are part of the ecosystem of nature, whether it's the trees or, you know, you have perennials and annuals and the weedy plants and, you know, all of the different varieties. And they all interact with one another, along with the animals and every other component of nature. So 
I mean, you can look at it a lot of different ways because you have nature and you have the plants and you can just be in nature and you can, you know, not really pay attention to the medicinal parts of the plants and still acknowledge their presence and the importance. Um, but if you're coming at it from an herbal perspective is you're looking at the plants and maybe you're trying to get to know them so you can learn their medicine and kind of really see the plant's personality because the best way to understand a plant and how it will work for us as medicine is by knowing the plant in its own environment. So coming from my perspective, like getting to know the plants and its environment is really getting to know the plant, but you have to look at the bigger picture. You have to look at everything else that's around it and the just the whole nature scene of it. So yeah, they're really just inseparable nature, having nature connection and the plants and herbs. I love how you like zoomed out there for a little bit when you're painting this picture of it being a big ecosystem and, and us being in relationship with a plan, whether this is to like appreciate it for what it does or for what it can do for us. It's it's all that being in conversation with a plan. Um, I really like that uh, approach yeah. of yeah zooming out and also the approach of like getting to know a plant's character for example like its spirit what it does for us and how does this work how do you how do you get to know a plant can you how do you do it so I love that question actually um, that's a lot of what I focus on in plant watts is really just teaching that so that people can do that on their own. Um, but to get to know a plant, I love to spend time with a plant in its natural environment, which is what we were just talking about. And the first thing that you can do is just see it. Just look at how it grows. Look at where it's growing, the different soil that it might be in. Like, is it really swampy? Is it super dry? Um, does it grow in groups or does it grow as individual plants? So there's lots of different, like bigger and smaller characteristics that you can look at. Um, you can even look at like the patterning of the leaves and the leaf shape and the flower color. Um, if you're really adventurous and you have already identified the plant and know that it's safe enough, you can taste it and experience the medicine or what kind of medicine it might offer through the taste. Um, yeah, there's just so many ways. I mean, draw it, draw the plant, because you'll really get to look at the details that way, um, get to know even more about the plant, because you're really, you're really looking at the plant when you have to draw the details of it. Yeah, really looking close, because th I think that's something we, we usually don't do, like really look at all the details and, and drawing, drawing is really a great, great exercise. Something I personally been doing with plants you like when you know them I want to get to know them better is to do like a dieta so really taking them maybe even fasting and only taking a certain kind of plan or really building your relationship with it and experience what it does when you only work with a single herb at a time or even like spend a day with only drinking chamomile tea for example or chamomile taking chamomile tincture this can also be like when you really want to deepen that relationship is something that I've been like to to do lately yeah absolutely because it's spending time with the plant while it's living and then 
getting to know the plant even through the medicine making process, whether that's just drying some flowers or making a tincture and oil or something like that. And then it's even straining it. Like I found I've learned different things about different plants as I'm straining tinctures. And um, that's kind of an interesting way to learn about them. I didn't anticipate that. And then like you say too, is just working with the plant as a medicine, whether it's a tea or an infused oil or a tincture, there's so many options, but really just let yourself slow down and Mm. experience what the plant has to offer. And that can come in many different ways. It could be how your body feels. It could be maybe how your mind shifts or how your thought shifts. Um, maybe you just have this vision come in your mind and you have a certain sort of picture with the plant. It can look lots and lots of different ways for different people. Yeah. I loved how you expressed the, the practical aspect of it as well. Like a hand, I think with herbs, a lot of people learn hands-on, like really working with the herb and getting to know like how it strings because I, similar to, to your story, you can learn so much about working with the plant, see how it dissolves or not, how the oil or the other menstruums take the, the color and the smell of the herb, what uh, what kind of medicine gets gets into the oil, gets into the alcohol and so on. Um, there is great wisdom in like working with it. You also mentioned a little bit about when we connect with the the plants there is also like a connection with the land happening and really and you mentioned where does it grow uh, what kind of environment I can imagine this can also help to build a relationship with um with the land uh, and I think that's really important for us to have a sense of connection with the land we live on could you share some practical ways that people can start to deepen this bond with with the land they live on so not only the plants but also the land do you have like practices for that they really cross over one another because when I'm out with plants which is how I teach is what I do um, Mm -hmm. when I'm out with the plants I'm I'm taking in the state of the whole environment Um, I'm sort of doing a scan of seeing like how are all of the different plants doing like is the water really low? Is it really high in the creek? Um, like, you know, how is, how is everything doing? So for me, there isn't really a separation um, because when I go out to harvest or when I go out just to observe the plants, I take it, I take it all in all at the mm-hmm. same time. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really getting a sense of the ecosystem because I think we need to get a sense of that in order for us to, to harvest sustainably for example, to really know that there that there is enough, that there is abundance in the system for us to to take and to share. Um, so I love your your take on that and also the zooming out. I'm really curious because I'm the, my favorite question to ask a fellow herbalist is to like what are your favorite herbal remedies and what are the stories that are behind these um uh, these herbs you like? I also love this question. (laughs) Um, The very first plant that I think of when I'm asked this is motherwort, which is Leonardus cardiaca, the scientific name. And I think of this plant first because this is the first plant that really stands out in my mind of being that, that plant ally that just really spoke to me before I really even knew what 
to do with the plants. Um, I hadn't really studied herbalism yet at that point. I didn't know how to make a tincture, but I made one anyway uh, and just played with it. So that was a really fun plant. I I learned so much through that plant because I didn't dive into the books. I didn't, you know, I didn't really do web searches. I think there was one article that I had read in one particular book, which was like, oh, so that, you know, that is like worked with that's a plant that's worked with medicinally um and so I ended up making a tincture of it because of that but other than that I wasn't researching mother wart and then oh I can use it for this this and this I just intuitively worked with it and learned quite a bit and it's still an ally I work with today so super helpful for me personally like when there's some anxiety or even some like cycle related things like if if my cycle is not wanting to start for whatever reason, uh, motherwort is super helpful for helping initiate that. Um, those are the big ways that I've worked with it. Also mothering, it is a very mothering plant. So it, it is helpful in any kind of mother relationship or mother issue, whether that's sort of mothering yourself um, or with your your own mother. So super helpful for both. And I've had I've had clients who have had a lot of the same sort of experiences with motherwort as I have too, which is a lot of fun. Help them with that remedy. If I were to list another one, because the second one that comes to mind is plantain. Um, so plantago major is the main species that grows here. And this is like a weedy plant. So when I say plantain, some folks are like, oh, like the banana. But I'm like, no, <laughs> it's it's like a little green leaf that just grows all over the place it's all over the world um, and plantain is like my go-to first aid remedy I always have it with me I keep some in my car I know a lot of my clients just keep them in their purses or their the diaper bag or whatever it might be because it's just so helpful for so many like simple but maybe not even simple ailments maybe you get stung by a bee that's you know, that wouldn't be fun, but plantain can help with that. Um, or even, you know, mosquito bites or cuts and scrapes and all of those different things are super helpful. And it's very safe and effective, which is also wonderful. So good for all ages. I love those. I love your story about the, uh, the mother word as well. It's really interesting how plants can lure us in. And yeah. also, the, I really like the different layers you address, like on more the physical, but or the metaphysical levels in which plants can can work and which we can also build a relationship with them. And I also love plantain. And it's it's such a fun herb to start with because it's like you said, it's it's simple, it's safe, it's effective. Uh, it's for all those like minor inconveniences almost mm -hmm. all minor inconveniences in life you can use plantain and it's it's wonderful i have some uh, laying behind me actually <laughs> and it's like you said it grows like almost everywhere um i think the the nickname the indigenous american uh people gave it uh was white man's footsteps yeah we as humans uh, help it to spread so it grows near near paths and that is convenient because where there's a lot of foot traffic, which is how plantain spreads, is the chances go way up when there's more people. So or the chances go way up for someone needing plantain is what I should say when there's more people there. So the plantain is just there for us. 
Yeah, I think this is such an incredible example of how how a relationship with plants work. This is a plant that's designed to travel with us and we need it. Like this is our medicine cabinet that's it is it is walking with us. It's an amazing thing if you if you think about it actually. Great one to to give a try if you're listening to this and you never work with it uh before before both the plantago major and the plantago lanceolata. They have slightly longer leaves than yeah. the plantago major. Yeah. And I know there's another native variety here too, and I'm not thinking of the scientific name right now, but it looks just like Plantago Major, but has purple in the the center of the stem, kind of a purple coloring. But mm. they're all interchangeable, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, most I think most of the Plantago species actually are, um, which is great because you're you're you won't mix them up because you can use them all, <laughs> which yeah. is nice. <laughs> We're really crossing the topic of foraging and I'm really curious, like, can you tell us more about the benefits of wild foraging and locally sourced food for the individual and for the land? So I have a lot of kind of varying thoughts on this question. Um, the first thought that I have is more on the nutritional end. So I haven't necessarily like gone through studies or anything like that or trialed it myself, but I see wild plants as survivors. And when I think of plants being survivors, they're going to bring in the nutrition that they need to survive. So when we go and harvest wild plants and consume them, it's almost like we're getting that from them. We're getting the nutrition. We're sort of getting that, not really endurance, but I can't think of the word right now, but it's it's just you can withstand more. And um, the other thing that I think of as far as foraging wild food is the plants are there. Um, typically, the plants that I'm thinking of foraging are weedy plants. And so when we're we're still harvesting ethically and sustainably, but they're in abundance. So it's almost like they're there for us to consume them. Um, not being scared to harvest plants because the plants are there and we're here and we're we're really designed to be in connection and to to interact uh, like we're here almost to harvest the plants and the, the plants are there for us so it's a mutual relationship really so if we're scared to harvest the plants or we sort of have this angle of we're going to kill off species by harvesting them which is possible certain species you gotta you gotta know what you're harvesting and harvest ethically and sustainably but a lot of those weedy plants like they're they're food um so mutually beneficial by harvesting them for the plant and for us i love that you brought that up actually have you read the book breeding sweetgrass by robin wall kimmerer surprisingly i haven't which <laughs> feels like a sin <laughs> no it, it, um it, it, but it's it, on my list yeah there's i know there are other great books that you have read but the interesting thing is that she um in her book she shares about this a study a student of her did which focused on the um, the patches that still had uh, sweetgrass growing uh, because of their of the rapid decline in sweetgrass in America, and they found that the patches where people harvested from grew better 
and more abundantly than the batches that didn't get that uh, harvesting. And this is something I've noticed in my garden as well. The, there are patches of like herbs all, all around the, the place that I live. And the patches I harvest from flourish more than the patches I don't harvest from. So I think you're definitely onto something. And it really makes me, when we want to protect nature, do we put a fence on it? Or do we build the relationship with it maybe by eating using foraging those are some really nice thoughts to to explore because it's really about exploring our relationship with nature and the responsibility we have towards it i'm really curious about how herbalism and nutrition can work together to enhance well-being and of course health for people and can you give some maybe some practices because i know you've got a lot of experience so similar to how nature and plants can't be separated, I sort of see it really similar in how nutrition and herbalism can't be separated. Of course, they can be. There's a lot of folks that don't work with herbs and still work with nutrition and their health. Um, but the way that I work with folks is nutrition is like the foundational component. So what we put in our bodies, and that can be food, it can be lots of other things, is what our body builds off of. So we need that foundation. And then herbs come in, and here I'm talking about specifically more medicinal herbs versus nutritional, um, but medicinal herbs come in and they're kind of like the nudgers. So if you're struggling with a situation, let's say you have the foundation laid, you're getting good nutrition in, but you're still struggling with X, Y, or Z. Medicinal herbs can come in and they're they're like little reminders. You take them and they're just going in and it's like, hey, body, like you remember you're supposed to be doing this, this, and this. And it just sort of nudges it back into this like this path of creating balance and um, homeostasis, if you want to put that word in there, just having everything work together. So I see herbs as kind of little nudgers while nutrition is the foundation and they work incredibly well together. Mm, I love that take on it, like the nutrition providing the base, the foundation on which we can like live and work and also being herbs being like nudgers and and encourage our bodies to come to a state of balance because I I have seen this uh, with myself and with clients that herbs really really work in this way and sometimes it's very subtle and sometimes it's not subtle at all but it's helping the body to recover in its own speed in its own way but really like that giving it that much like hey like you said do you remember how it was to be whole complete healthy can you come back to that hey i offer the medicine you might need this is i think it puts herbs back into it's the right place of not it's not meant to fix things per se but it's meant to promote a sense of balance that we temporarily have lost and that nutrition is i think it's such is such a big foundation in the previous answer you shared also a little bit about getting a bit of the sense of resilience or endurance that especially weeds have i think that's why weeds are so 
so good for us because they offer so much because they have to fight hard for it and they have adapted they've adapted strategies for them to become really resilient and this our bodies can of course use as medicine um when we ingest them or take them or apply them or sit with them i think on it and also how you view things in a very multi-faceted way multi-layers in your answer so thank you do you have like stories about this as well or maybe things that keep up coming back in your practice when you work with clients is there like advice that you continuously give to people or herbs you're like recommending a lot like what is the the rat thread running through uh through your practice that's a good question um and multifaceted question so the first thought as you were asking that that came into mind is i i sort of just want to touch on the idea of you don't have to be completely perfect in your nutrition or in your lifestyle in order to work with herbs. Like I want to make sure I make that clear because the way I just answered the other question, it could kind of sound that way. Um, Now herbs work phenomenal when everything else is included, like you're working on lifestyle and diet, but it doesn't, you do not have to be perfect to work with herbs. Um, They come in and help us. Sometimes I do have clients who we start, with working with herbs um, for them while working on nutritional things in the background because the herbs are ultimately helping them to basically better function and heal while they're incorporating in the nutrition. So it's that's not really a chicken or egg, or maybe it is a chicken or egg situation. Um, you can start with either one, but both are important if you're working with the, with the herbs. Um, some things that often come up with clients what I see, there's there's a lot of digestive things. And so I tend to go toward all of the digestive sort of herbs. Uh, one that I think maybe could or should be used more and worked with more by a lot of people is actually ladies' thumb. Um, I wish I could think of the scientific name. That's one that I always struggle remembering. It's a polygonatum. Um, but that's that's all I have. So, um, but ladies, thumb, Lise Wolf actually contributed a lot of information on that plant. And it's just really great for healing the gut, actually. So if you're having like gut inflammation or, you know, maybe you suspect some leaky gut types of symptoms, you have a lot of food allergies, um, just general bowel irregularity, that sort of thing. Ladies, thumb is is just so helpful for that. And it's it's another one of those herbs that's pretty gentle, um, but yet very effective. And it has so many other benefits than even just the digestive system. But that's generally where I work with that one a lot. That sounds like a really potent plan. I have to look it up because I, I don't know it. I'm looking at, I just quickly Googled it. And I think it's growing right uh right on my doorstep <laughs> Not even joking. yeah <laughs> because I, I think that's that's the plant that has the um, like has like a heart-shaped imprint on the leaf or yeah, a thumbprint a thumbprint lady's thumb yeah yeah lady's thumb for jesus thumb yeah i yeah. <laughs> i have that growing uh thank you so much for um for naming that plant and i will definitely look into it and i think digestive issues 
is something a lot of people struggle with, which is, of course, very understandable given how much stress we are under, how much inflammation uh, people have in general, and the, the food we eat and how quick we, quickly we eat. It's, there's a lot of things going on that, of course, uh, can have an effect on uh, the digestive issues uh, we experience. And also, thank you so much for like normalizing not having a perfect lifestyle because I think that's something that's no one has. If if someone makes you believe they have it, uh, they are either lying or they are they have other issues. Um, because if you try to perfect how you are eating in whatever shape, way, or form, even if it's with great reason behind it it's very normal to slack sometimes to i don't know eat mcdonald's uh don't worry about it it won't kill you eat the sugar drink the cola um eat the ice cream i think it's very important to normalize it and i really found it so interesting that you said like it's the chicken or the egg and it can be either way because herbs can give us the the can contribute to that mental headspace that we need in order for us to make the changes that we nutritionally or physically need to uh, need to be making. But I really feel like whatever modality we are uh, we are working with, having the the foundation in place, like how are you eating, how are you sleeping, are you drinking enough water, are you getting enough movement and sunlight, things like that. That's always a great way to start, and uh, I really loved how you mentioned that herbs can like create space in our system to implement those changes. Because I think most people know that eating well is important and moving is important, but getting to incorporate it into our day—that's what—that's that's where the real the real struggle is. And I will definitely look into Lady Storm because, um, yeah, I think it's. I, I think I even have it in a vase in my house right now. So it's it's hilarious uh-huh. that I never looked into it. Um, <laughs> it's, uh... I love that. I was kind of a, a little bit of a tangent, but totally related is you had said that when you were talking about Lady's Thumb is you're like, I think it's right outside my, right outside my door. And when we're um, when we're thinking about the plants that might be beneficial for us, that's a great place to look. I don't know if you've ever heard the quote. I don't know who said it originally, so I can't give credit, but it goes something along the effect of um, a certain percentage of the medicine that we need is within a, a certain radius of our home or even in the local park or something like that if you don't have a yard. But I think that's so true. Like I know I find a lot of plants just right outside my home and I'm like that's the exact medicine that I need right now so that's very cool that you you have that growing right outside (laughs) it's interesting how these things work and I think it's um native I think it's a native saying that the um, the plants we need uh, will come to us like having eating locally but also choosing the herbs that grow locally really can be beneficial for our system because it's it works in coherence with the bigger ecosystem. So it's so cool when we get the medicine we need is is right right behind our door. Uh, when we step outside, we probably step onto it, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I've been doing. So I will I will look into it and um, to add to your 
because that's that's a great one for the gist of issues. Something I've been really enjoy working with, which grows also in the garden here, is uh, marshmallow, which mm. can also be like really soothing for digestive issues, but also like a general soothing of the system, like becoming more more self-care, more self-love, uh, as really a gentle gentle plant to um to work with there's a lot of like yeah. plant plant inspiration herbal inspiration uh in this episode i, I can imagine like listeners making a list of plants they they might want to <laughs> want to dive into themselves so as a bioregional herbalist and integrative nutritionist what are your favorite practices habits foods remedies that you take to like stay happy and healthy yourself yeah, you actually just recently made a list of a bunch of the things that I do. So a lot of the foundational things. So just making sure that I'm getting plenty of sleep. For me, that means at least eight hours. Ideally, I do better with more sleep. Um, making sure that I'm staying hydrated, which maybe this is the herbalist in me, but I love drinking teas a lot throughout the day. I often make nourishing infusions, which is a whole different, could be a whole different podcast. Um, and then of course, just water. I like to add minerals into my water, make sure that I'm getting good minerals with the water since they, they go well together. Um, I always make sure I eat breakfast. That's, that's kind of just part of my own healing and just balancing my own system, but eating breakfast and eating regularly. So super foundational things that way. I, I do my best to keep them all in um, kind of the 80, 80, 20 rule. Um, have it in 80% of the time or more. As far as sort of additional things that I, I do practice as far as or incorporate, herbs is a big part of it. Um, the herbs lately that I've been drawn to, one of them is actually a formulation that I've been playing with. So I don't have this one for sale or anything, at least not at this point, but it has um, milky oats in it, borage, wood betony, motherwort, and blue vervain, which mm -hmm. there's several of those herbs that I often go back to as, as simples, because I usually work with simples, so it's just one plant at a time. But this time I was wanting to be a little creative and have some fun. So I made a made a blend and I've been really enjoying that just to kind of help drop into my body even more and just be more present. And um, if there is a little bit of stress or anxiety going on, it is really helpful for that. I've been finding um, and ginger has also been a, a strong ally this summer, which is interesting because it's so hot that I've been wanting a spicy herb, but it's it's really been helpful just with supporting digestion and it's probably been helpful during the heat, uh, help me perspire, you know, help cool me off. I'm not exactly sure, but it's been fun getting to know ginger even more this summer. Other than herbs, I do use some supplements. I limit them. I, I try and work with food and herbs more, but I do supplement magnesium and sometimes I'll supplement B vitamins, which is what I'm currently doing based off of a recommendation of my practitioner. So, um, yeah, those are kind of the foundational things. And I'm very much a journaler. I have to put that in there because um, processing our thoughts and processing our experiences and our emotions is super important, too. So I 
I personally do that through writing. So that's a big part of it. I love that list and and the practices you do. And I think it, I think for me, what strikes me most is that with all the influencers and, and the advertisement, we can get the idea that health is expensive. Well, it isn't. It's good food, which of course, organic food costs a little bit more. But if you cut out the extras and cut out the crazy expensive supplements that you have, your your best supplement you can ever take, which is good food. And also being very mindful about the supplements you take, because like you said, I think there are some basics that people in generally generally uh, can benefit from. But there is also like many not so scientifically proven or well working uh, information on supplements which you which will only cost you money and won't do anything for your health yeah so, and some I, supplements can even take away from your health because when they're not in a whole form and they're they're in more of what i would call kind of like a manufactured form they're missing all of the cofactors and all of the minerals and potential other vitamins that go along with that manufactured vitamin and so then the body has to get that from somewhere in order to even use the supplement you just took so it is important that's a yeah that's an important yeah. topic to explore <laughs> yeah this this could be a whole different podcast uh on its own like something i will drop here is a vitamin b11 folate um which the a synthetic form um is actually causing more harm than it does good but there are many many other examples um let's not dive let's yes. not go into that rabbit hole today <laughs> um also the the plant you you made uh with the tinctures with the tincture i think that's like nervous system regulation in a bottle it's really a powerful yes. and plant. <laughs> great, great yes herbs. that was that was exactly why i exactly why I made it um so it's doing exactly what I was hoping for which is exciting it's really interesting when you get like some intuitive and of course like knowledge-based insights like maybe I should put that together and when it really works and to experiment with it for yourself and then maybe with clients and then maybe even at some future point sell it to others that's an amazing process and journey to um to create your own potions and, and herbal medicine. I'm really interested in what advice or recommendations uh, you have for listeners that are interested in bioregional herbalism and integrative uh, nutrition. Do you have like any uh, favorite books, podcasts, tools you, you use beside the already mentioned resources? Well, the first recommendation that I have is when it comes to plants, at least, is to just spend time in nature, spend time with the plants. If you don't have access to the plants, at the very least, spend time with, like we already discussed, is just that single plant, whether it's a single plant as a tea or a single plant as a tincture, and just really see what you can learn from it. It will teach you something. Um, it can take a little bit of time to trust that, but it's it's worth it, and you'll learn a lot. Um, as far as resources, however, if I were to list a couple books that I, I go back to often, the first book that I was exposed to 
in my herbal studies is called the holistic herbal, which is by David Hoffman is such a good one. It gets into so many different plants. Uh, You get an idea of the plants as far as how you can work with them, but also the energetics of them, which I think is such an important part of herbalism. So that's a good intro book. Well, I still refer to it. So it's intro, but useful for a long time. It's is also for more intermediate or or more advanced yes. herbalist it's it's um it's some some a book that that needs to be on your shelf yeah <laughs> i agree great one yeah <laughs> such a good one mm-hmm. the other one that i think of is really anything by matthew wood uh, Matthew Wood is actually another Minnesota herbalist, so <laughs> might be a little biased. I don't know, but I've learned under him as well. He's one of my teachers. And so I love referring back to his texts. He has mu- multiple books and they're all great. So that would be that would be another one. Um, if I were to list a third, just for the fun of it, um, that book is called Plants Have So Much to Give Us. All We Have to Do is Ask. I do not know how to pronounce the author's name. Her first name is Mary, um, and her last name is spelled G-E-N-I-U-S-Z. I'm not mm. certain, and I don't want to say it wrong. So I will um, include it in book, the show notes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's a fun one. Lots of lots of stories to really learn the plants that way. Um, and just the history that's behind some of the plants too. So that one's fun. If I were to recommend podcasts, as far as for herbalism, the Holistic Herbalism podcast is a fun one. Um, When I worked on a a veggie farm, I kind of binge listened that one while I was working because it's just so much information and it's it's fun to listen to the the couple talk on there and you'll learn so much. And a few others too. Um, The Homegrown podcast is a fun one. That one talks a lot about um, eating well, sort of going back to your local community and um, getting to know your farmer and they go into so many other topics though like that's just the tip of the iceberg those are the two Uh, I'm very fascinated women's health too so I could list them off for those if you want me to but yeah um, definitely include those because I think we also cross a little bit with your story a little bit more uh, menstrual cycle general health and I think women's bodies work kind of differently uh, than man's, of course, biological man's. So maybe for people who want to dive into that as well, please bring your resources because I know you've done loads of research on it and I think people can actually benefit uh, hearing your resources. Okay, perfect. So uh, my two favorite podcasts, at least currently, and I always go back to them and listen to them. One of them is called the Herbal Womb Wisdom Podcast. So that one is... um, it's of course a podcast, but it's more herbal based with with the womb. So that's she talks about all kinds of different topics related to it. And then the other one is called Are You Menstrual? And that one is more of a nutrition angle of like women's health. So kind of two different angles, but they really complement one another. So those are a couple of my favorites. Mm, I love the the name of the last one <laughs> because we all get the yeah. joke and it's uh, pro- uh, probably providing like great information. Interesting that you mentioned the homegrown podcast because 
our, a previous guest mentioned it uh, as well, and it's, it's a great podcast, which really makes you think about the things we, like the, the foundational things we do and how we can be more intentional with it uh, so that it can contribute to our health and well-being more. And also the books you mentioned, uh, except for the last one, I got them all on my shelf. And uh, Matthew Woods, I've done a couple of workshops with him because he offers digital workshops as well. And he's a great teacher. His book, The Earthwise Herbal Repertoire, is one of my favorites uh, when it comes to referencing herbs with illnesses or ailments. Yeah, great resources. And always hearing resources makes me like want to dive into certain topics a little bit more or getting interested in certain things and i think they're really beneficial for the listener as well who want to deepen this experience um we are nearing the end of uh this wonderful conversation i know you've got a wonderful uh instagram and you host wonderful uh walks and you got like uh consultations one-on-one so when people want to connect with you, where can they find you? How can they how can they say hi to you? Yeah. Well, you can certainly find me on Instagram at Thistle Patch Wellness is how you can find me. And another way is just through my website, which is thistlepatchwellness.com. Gareth, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us. I really I think you've got a super interesting view on herbs and nutrition and how we can like zoom out a little bit and see the ecosystem and see how things connect are connected to each other and work with that more as a whole and then find different layers in it for our own well-being yeah thank you so much for this talk and listeners i hope you say hi to gara on her instagram or through her website and yeah go on and check her out mm-hmm.